Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Corey Email about emerging trends with distributed teams in the future of work. Corey, email, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited to have a really fun conversation around distributed teams and the future of work. And this is where your expertise comes into play. You're doing a lot of work on the emerging trends with distributed teams. So we're going to unpack some of that research uh, and share insights with listeners about what they can be doing in their organizations. As we get started, I wanted to share Corey's bio with everybody. Corey Email leads all things Web3 as the director of Blockchain and Gigster, a company dedicated to helping businesses develop software applications with the speed of a starship, coupled with the quality and expertise of the most innovative global talent. Corey also manages academic partnerships to help further research into distributed teams and the future of work. His career started with providing enterprise strategy to to large enterprises in the early days of the iPhone. He then moved into hardware development to help bring innovative IoT platforms to market. Uh, Wonderful to be with you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Yeah, I think the only other thing to add, and since we're going to be getting into it a lot deeper here, something that is probably pertinent, and this comes to the position of like a build credibility with your audience, right? Uh, Is that so the research that we do uh, on 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 distributed teams, we do in partnership uh, with Stanford and Berkeley. Uh, So we've been doing that for about I've been doing that for about four or five years now. Uh, But I think that's going to help kind of drive a lot of the insights we'll uncover and unpack here. Yes, excellent. That's wonderful. And again, this is an area that a lot of research is needed. Uh, I I actually do quite a bit of academic research in this space myself, um, as well as, you know, the practitioner work that I do. And I love having conversations like this, um, because it's just so important. And as we look at the future of work, if the last couple of years of the pandemic have demonstrated anything, it's shown that uh, this whole idea of more virtual and distributed teams can be done, it can be effective, and that it can unlock a lot of potential benefits for organizations that maybe we don't have as much access to when we're stuck in this geographic, you know, in-person office kind of a model of work Mm -hmm. that's been pervasive, you know, for forever, right? Um, So 
let's start there. Let's start about start by talking about some of uh, the research that you've been doing around distributed teams in the future of work. Uh, companies have gotten more comfortable with this idea, yet there's still a lot of companies that are just really trying hard to get their people to come back to the physical office. Um, what are some of the major trends that you're starting to see uh, through the work that you've been doing? Yeah, it's it's really interesting too, right? Because uh, I think what the pandemic has shown us uh, specifically is that you know people can be uh, efficient at home, right? Like they're, they're 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 the whole I think previous notion that you had to be in person to really be productive is was broken uh, and it's been proven, you know. And the the other interesting aspect is uh, you know the original founders of Gixer had kind of like had this notion that in order the future of work will be distributed, but to work on emerging tech and very niche technologies and really be like integrative, integrated, like innovative and groundbreaking is that the probability of finding someone geographically close to you that is the right person to work on whatever said topic is, is, is statistically really low. Uh, and I think that a lot of uh, companies, you know, when we would see it before, like trying to hire and have people relocate. Like they were doing themselves like a disservice and ultimately their customers a, dis a disservice by not finding a way to tap into these people that are the right people for the right jobs. And that's not just from a skill set. That's also from do people have passion about the space that's doing there, right? The passion economy is huge and finding people that have, uh, you know, the, the, the technical skills or, you know, as well as the soft skills to go with it. Um, has proven to be that when you are able to mesh that together, you get very, very incredible outcomes. Uh, and that's what, you know, that, that we've been focusing on is how to do that over the past like nine years or so. And a lot of the research that we've been trying to push into is, is really around like, how can you determine or predict team success? How can you predict the probability that a team will be successful? Now, it's a bit of a broad stroke uh, initiative because even at the beginning of it, it's, you know, how do you define success? Is it that they completed on time on budget? It's that they, no one quit. Is it that the customer was happy, but it might not be what they exactly wanted? Uh, and that, that's, I don't think something that will ever truly be defined. Um, and a lot of the work that we've been doing over these past years has primarily falling or fallen around how can you, or really can you build tooling to stay ahead of risk, to stay ahead of risk of teams. Um, and that's usually through a lot of, a lot of like natural language processing, uh, to, determine the tone and the ways that teams interact and talk to each other are actually great predictive indicators of whether a team is headed off the rails or staying on the rails. Uh, and we're also doing some research into like creating team viability scores. Uh, so determining from very early on, well, is this a viable team? And this, this gets in a lot deeper and way beyond like the, the easy stuff that we tackled early in the day was, can we create skill profiles where we you know, track and grade their hard skills of, you know, for us, it's in tech, but it's, do they know X software stack? Do they know 
can they program what's their code review scores and all of that in the, the day is like extremely trivial like the, the the harder thing to research and solve is the kind of like the human condition on how we like interact with others and do our soft skills and personalities mesh uh really well and like you know beyond trying to build some like crazy personality you know skynet persona what we would rather do is say hey can we create uh, some tooling that if we like stick a group of people in a room uh, within 10 minutes of conversation, we can provide with with a high level of accuracy whether or not that group of people would be successful as a team uh, working together. And this all with the with the idea of the future of work and distributed teams becomes incredibly, incredibly powerful. Uh, a lot of times that we've seen, uh, especially we, we work with a lot of large enterprises that are now working remote for the first time, it's very, they're used to being able to visually walk around and see, are these people doing what they're doing? And are, like, can I get like suggestions from body language of, is this team meshing or not? And as soon as you remove that like physical layer for the brain, it's very, it's very odd, right? And you tend to kind of like ignore and walk past a lot of the signs uh, that 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 there's an issue, and that leads to this kind of like snowball effect, and that 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 lens of can we build tooling to predict and understand what drives team success from distributed teams uh, is is has been kind of this like guiding light, which has been fascinating fascinating insight so far. Yeah, well, that's that's super interesting. I I would love to drill in and and learn more about some of those tools. Uh, that you're doing. You also mentioned just a minute ago about, you know, tech and how tech companies seem to be uh, more willing to adapt to this kind of new future of work and distributed team model. What is it about the tech industry uh, that's really making people more open to that? I mean, clearly there are disruptive technologies that allow for distributed teams and remote teams to function more effectively. So it seems mm-hmm. natural in that sense that tech industry w- who might be more willing to adopt those technologies might then be more successful in distributed teams. But what, what, el- what all is going on there? So why are tech companies more likely to adopt distributed team tech or right or, or look to and, and, and why are they more more willing to adopt the distributed team model in the first place mm-hmm. and, and find success when there's you know frankly many firms even after two years of this pandemic experience that are mm-hmm. are like ah we we kind of figured it out but we're we'd really just rather go back to the way it was right right yeah so I have some friends that um that work at like Goldman or EY or some of them and like we're going back to the office I'm like that sounds terrible. <laughs> Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy 
courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. That's a great question, right? And, I'll, and I'll, for this one, I can't give any form of like a data-driven response, but what I can give you is what I've seen uh, and some of my opinion on it is that I think in, in order to find and cater to the talent and the skill sets that you need, you have to go where they are to a degree, right? And with the great resignation movement during COVID, we saw uh, you know, that people are empowered now, right? They're empowered to say, I want to work from home. I want to work from wherever in the world. Like, that's insane. You want me to pack up my family and move just to work for you? Like, come on, like what? Uh, and especially in the tech space where the skill sets that are needed are uh, growing so quickly, right? So it's constantly new things coming on board. I mean, I think that like Web3 is our, like Web3 is a great example now. Like all of a sudden within the past two years, it's like, oh my gosh, we need X Web3 dev and there's a handful of them on the planet. And in order to be a tech company and be able to support that, you have to kind of be able to support the needs and wants of where your labor market is. Uh, and I would say that for a lot of larger, you know, historic um, institutions and, you know, uh, dangerous grounds to use like Goldman uh, as an example, you know, not to say that they're not incredibly innovative or whatever, but, you know, the, I, I don't know if the challenge is the same for them as it is for tech. Um, and on the backbone of that too, I, I, I think that the, like the general, the general culture of the tech world, which is, you know, arguably 50 years old, let's say 60 years old of like what I would call like modern Silicon Valley tech business structure uh, is, you know, 50, 50, 55 years old. Uh, a lot of these companies that have been around way longer than that, you know, they're, they're ingrained to the bone, man. Like that's, you know, in person shaking hands, you know, I don't know throwing the football around the office is just like the, is just how they, is how they work. And like, at the end of the day too, there's no reason to look at that and say that that's wrong. I think that now what we have with distributed work and how the future of the world is going is that we've seen that that's not the only way we've seen that there are very, very viable options beyond that. And that you actually can run fully distributed businesses at scale with, with great margins and high delivery satisfaction uh, and, and, you know, I would argue that even, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, a lot of people look at that and say, that's a pretty like radical choice of something to do. Um, and, for, you know, for, again, for the tech side, I think that, you know, the, the reason why so many of them are so, so embraceive of it is that one, they kind of have to be to, to go where their labor 
resources are the other one too is that the culture you know they're it, it, they're much more open to this type of flexibility and then um and then three it's a bit of kind of like drinking your own champagne right like you've got to trust in the tech that you're promoting otherwise you look a little hypocritical you're you're right is it necessarily wrong for people to want to be in the office no it's it's not and every organization has to decide what their model is and the reasons behind that model i would hope that after you know this two-year experiment during the pandemic that organizations would at least be willing to take a good hard long look at the reasons behind and not just do it because that's the way we've always done it, right? Right. And and perpetuating these norms for no other reason than that's what you're used to. Uh, because there are so many benefits that can come from distributed remote work models uh, in, in just the war for talent alone. I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. lots of other benefits too, but it, if we're just looking at the great resignation and the great reawakening and people having options and you want to get good talent, especially mm-hmm. in, in high um, tech, tech fields, STEM fields, where we just don't have enough people, you got to be able to get them where they are. And in the day and age where people are willing to, to uproot their entire family, um, you know, people just aren't as willing to do that as they might've been a generation ago or even five, 10 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is, is really important. And if an organization does that calculus and they really think hard and long about it and they decide, no, this really is going to be better for us to be together in person or to have some sort of a hybrid uh, work arrangement, then that's fine. Uh, Choose what works for you. Um, But that's honestly, in all the conversations I'm having with senior leaders and organizations, I don't feel like that's actually what's going on. I, I, that's not what they're often saying, that they've had those hard conversations and that they've decided ultimately it's still better to be in person. They're largely just, you know, in the conversations I've been having, they're largely just coming to the conclusion that we're more comfortable with everyone being physically together. And so that's what we're going to do again, uh, just mm-hmm. like we did before. And if, you know, I don't know the future, so I, you know, I can't fully predict the future, but as, as we look at the trajectories in the future of work and disruptive innovations and how that's changing the way we work, uh, it just seems like you're, you're setting your organization up for failure <laughs> if you're not willing to adapt and adjust and meet the labor market mm-hmm. where, where it's at. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, so the, the thing that's really been like super, super top of mind for me lately, and I've been like mulling this over a bunch uh, is uh, is the concept of DAOs, right? Um, so decentralized autonomous organizations like the Constitution DAO, right? A bunch of people came together, formed this um, distributed anonymous organization to raise $47 million to try to buy, buy the Constitution, yada, 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 right? Uh, I think DAOs are really interesting because one, I don't think that pure DAOs work, hot take. Um, <laughs> two, though, I think that the the concept, though, of being able to create incentive structures that can quickly assemble people to go after a single goal uh, very quickly and very efficiently is a pretty is a pretty interesting topic to think about the future, because I think that as I think about the future of work, I start to think about well, what's the future of organizations, right, is 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 traditional hierarchy within an organization really what like future generations are going to see or is it you know I, the whole concept of flattening the org is something that i'm totally about 
Uh, and using tech to flatten the org is what a lot of our research is trying to do, right? Is trying to figure out how can you manage more people? Um, how can you make them much more effectively inter interdependently rather than having someone sit over the top of them and, you know, said the cub, yeah, we're going to need you to stay in this weekend kind of thing. Uh, but as we think about the future of work, thinking about the future of companies, I think is even more compelling because now you're saying that if, if we take the DAO model and say that we tailor it a little bit, so it's not a pure DAO, but it's a form of a business where you can quickly bring people together uh, and then disband them after a goal's reach, what does that say about the future of work in this kind of like fractionalized participatory uh, uh, economy? And, you know, we already saw some of that, uh, I think, be proven out with, you know, the ride sharing apps, these like fractional jobs, the fivers where people can choose when they want to work and they can contribute uh, and then they can move on. And it's this ability to tap in and tap out when you feel comfortable doing it uh, that I think is going to be start to see it's going to be more per pervasive beyond just uh, these certain type of jobs, right? And uh, being able to facilitate that, I think, is I, there's a ton of there's a ton of research that's open and out there and needs to be investigated on how you enable this stuff better um, at scale. So I would, you know, I, I recommend everyone to like take a look at that, uh, take a look at DAOs, but like try to think of it in the context of will the future be elastic companies, right? Where there are companies forming really quickly to achieve a goal. Once that's done, they disband. And what's funny is that the other day I ran a poll on my LinkedIn. I, said, I think the, the question was, if a company isn't around after a year, do you immediately think, one, maybe it achieved its goals, or two, that it was a failure? And it was like 90%, everyone said it was a failure, which is like cognitively like a little weird, but it's kind of baked in from day zero. If you start a company, you better be starting that thing to run until you are six feet under, man. Otherwise, like society said that you failed. But what if like, you're like I'm going to start a company and we should achieve our goal in two years. And after that, we'll dissolve. And that's a win. Like is like. Right. And well, and the other, so that's baked into our mindset, but it's also this idea that you constantly have to be growing right? Mm -hmm. This perpetual growth. Is that actually necessary for an organization to be successful? Do you constantly have to be growing? Do you constantly have to be gobbling up the competition? Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily, right? And in fact, you know, in my opinion, we could point to many of the, the societal and social problems out there. And, uh, you know, I, I think some of those could be addressed uh, just mm -hmm. by shifting our mindset around businesses, how they work and how they, they're structured. So I, I think there's a really great, um, this is a really great thing to really consider and, and to challenge again, our assumptions about uh, why organizations are structured uh, the way they are, why work is designed the way it is. And it, again, if, if we do all that analysis and calculus and we ultimately decide, yeah, it's better for us to be together, then fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But don't just assume that that's the case. And that's why all this research is so important that you're involved in, um, that I'm doing, and many, many others are doing the same. Um, we've already kind of highlighted some of the pros around distributed teams, and, and we've alluded to some of the, the downfalls and pitfalls as well. But what in the research that you're doing, what are you seeing You know, when people are making the argument to be fully on-premise physically face-to-face -face in the workspace, you know, they're, they're pointing to some of the challenges with distributed teams. What are the, the pitfalls when that's our model? The main places where I see companies fail in trying to go remote 
and from what we've done, that's a lot different is that, you know, from day one, we knew that we were going to be distributed, right? Like we knew that our model was that we will work remote. Uh, so all of our like structure, like all the way down to like how we, um, you know, create and set up documents for asynchronous work, right? Like, so we've got, we've got people around the globe. Uh, and, you know, whenever we have a new, you have a new idea or a new thing that you're trying to push forward, uh, getting everyone together to collaborate on that at the same time is really, really hard. Uh, and, you know, we have these things called like spec docs where we'll outline like what our idea or what, like the, 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 the goal that we're trying to achieve and then let people like comment on that as the world turns and people have their daytime and we have our nighttime and when it comes back today. And this allows us to continuously keep working nonstop. And uh, that, that ability to take tasks and break them down so that they can be worked on continuously 24 uh, seven is, is the, the, I would say the antithesis of being a distributed team, right? That's, that's the, where you want to be. And I mean, we're by no means perfect. And I don't know if there is a perfect, but where I see a lot of companies failing and going distributed is that they see that like, okay, I was promised some level of upside by moving this way. Um, and I'm just going to try to take my, my, the model I've been running for the past X, X years and just apply that and say, you know what, instead of that, just work from home, but just dial in. But we don't change any of our, 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 our processes. We don't change any of our business operations. Uh, we don't change any of the ways that we like communication cadence and tools that, you know, allow us to work. Uh, and for, and when they don't do any of that, it just seems really cumbersome. They're like, ah, you know, yes, it doesn't work, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's the biggest one is that overhauling your, your, your organization to, to truly be it and get the full benefit and upside of a, of a, of a distributed um, company and a company in the future is it, it takes time. It's not, it's, it's not, it's by no means easy, but at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. Like um, it just, it takes commitment from the top down to push it that way, but the overall benefit and upside that you get from, from having a distributed organization is, is huge. Um, and it can be hybrid too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Corey, this has been a super fun conversation. The time has flown by. I wish we could continue talking for another hour, but I need to let you go. So before we wrap up for today, and I'd love to have you back anytime to continue, but before we wrap up for today, uh, I just want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, I think the best places is probably like LinkedIn. So it's just my first name and last name, which I'm assuming might be in the either the comments below in the video or on the podcast. Uh, but then also Twitter, which is just my first name and last name together. Uh, super simple. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the final thoughts on the topic is that, uh, you know, the future, the future of work is coming very, very quickly. And with the provision and, and growth of Web3 uh, and all the ability to provide uh, digital provenance and ownership within the, 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 the non-physical world is going to only accelerate things. So I suggest everyone to at least start doing some research or becoming interested because it will help you gain a huge competitive advantage in the long run. Well said, Corey. This has been so much fun. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Corey and his team can do for you. Check out the research that's being done in this area. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.
Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.